Oh, wow. Something really incredible going on right now at, at Oasis Church, I've got to say. Um, who was here last week? Yeah. Oh, just, I'm still kind of processing it. I don't know about you guys, but um, God really moved in that worship service in an extraordinary way. And, you know, sometimes you go, well, that was amazing. And you turn to the person next to you and they go, meh, no big deal. But the more people that I've spoken to, both on Sunday last week and through the week, everyone's like, oh, wow, that was, that's really rocked me. Something really happened on the inside of me that hasn't happened for a long time. And honestly, I think that's significant, and I want us to pay attention to that. I don't want us just to kind of rush on with our agenda. You know, we talked about, uh, I think Matt mentioned that we plan our series out throughout the whole year, so we've got a plan, and that's good. But when, when God speaks so clearly and so deliberately, I think we have to sit up and pay attention to that. So we're not going to do our normal thing today. It's going to be a little bit different. And I'm not going to talk for a long time because I want to give us a chance to respond to what the Holy Spirit has been doing in us, both, both last week and even today. You know, a few months ago, I think it was a few months ago, could have been a week ago, um, <laughs> I, I spoke about uh, a kairos, the kairos moments of God, the kairos timing of God. And, and just to give you a, a bit of background, you know, the Greeks use this word kairos, which was different, a different interpretation of what time is. You know, they had this other word for time, which was chronos, which talked about the chronology of time, you know, like the, as the seconds tick by and it's all very ordered and, and we understand how time, the weeks and the months and the years go by and that's chronology. But kairos is a different interpretation of time. And kairos for me is when God, like, he opens a window into time. It's like, um, what's that, that X-Men guy, the, the universe guy? Some, Dr. Strange. Oh, yeah, I'm so hip. I know all the, all, I know my superheroes. And Dr. Strange, he can kind of manipulate time and move in between time. And that's what I feel like God does sometimes. He opens up a window into our chronology, into our normal programming. And he speaks and he inserts himself in such a, in, in an incredible way that we can't not but pay attention to what he's doing. And it's a window. So, so see it like this opportunity opens up and we don't know for how long. It could be a day. It could be a week. It could be years. We don't really understand the timings of God, but he inserts himself, he opens himself up, and he gives us an opportunity to respond to something supernatural, something different to what we, our normal programming. And that's what I'm talking about, like what happened last week. God opened a window. He's opening something up for us, and I think it's, it's really on us, as a lead, Christian myself, as leaders of this church, to pay attention to what he's doing. It would be remiss of me to go, oh, hang on, no, it's week three of sharing Jesus confidently and we're just going to press on. I don't want us to do that. I want us to pay attention. I want us to listen, to open our spiritual eyes and open our spiritual ears, to hear what he's saying, what he's going to do, what does he want to do. And to be honest with you, if it's just this week and if it's just last week and this week, then okay. But I don't want to be the guy to push on and miss what God wants to do, what he wants to say, what he's saying to us right now. So you're with me today? Okay, fantastic. We've got a little bit of time. So what I want to do today is um, I want to make room for us to respond. So in about, I don't know, 15 minutes or so, I'm going to open up the altar. 
And I want us to respond to him in a physical way. Because uh, the theme that has been running through both last week and this week is we need to return. We need to come back to him. And I'll share, Chrissy didn't see my notes today and I didn't know what she was thinking. But 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I want to give us an opportunity to respond to that today. So what I'm asking you to do, and we've never done it before at Oasis Church, this is kind of new territory for me, I've got to say. But I feel like God is speaking to me that we need to respond to that. We need to do something, not just, I understand that response starts in the heart, but I think it really helps if we respond with our bodies as well. So I'm going to ask us all to respond. For everybody who's got the ability to do so and desire to do so, to come forward and we're going to kneel before the Lord this morning and we're going to pray. We're going to pray, we're going to repent. We're going to give our, return our hearts back to Him. We're going to rend our hearts, not our clothes, as that Joel passage said. And I believe that is the starting point of what God is asking us to do. I don't know what happens after that, but I do know that's what we should do. So I'm just giving you fair warning that in a few minutes' time, we're going to go back into worship and we're going to respond. Um, For those who weren't here last week, Christy got up in the middle of worship and she gave a prophetic word, which I feel like was so profound, it just reverberated on the inside of me. And as I've been speaking to people through the week, everyone's been saying the same thing. And um, if you weren't here or if you didn't catch it, um, I've been figuring out, where can I find it? Because Christy, like, she got back down again, she goes, I don't even know what I said. So you can go to Facebook and you can watch our online service on Facebook um, Just go into the video section and it starts about the 40 minute mark through the worship. You can listen to it. But I just want to recap it today. I want us to kind of tease it open a little bit because there's there's some things there that I think we need to respond to. The gist of what she said, well, let me start with what she shared, which was her prayer to God on the way to church last week. She was feeling worn out, depleted, almost cynical, spiritually fatigued. And that was the cry of her heart. She was saying this to God. And he said, she felt God was saying to her, don't give up. You're on the edge of the move of God. You're on the edge of a move of God. You're on the precipice. You're on the precipice. You know what that word means, don't you, Johnny? You're on the precipice. You're on the edge. You're right on the edge of God speaking, God doing something extraordinary. And she she went on and she said, Wake me up, wake us up, Lord. The prayer of that, that prophetic prayer was, wake us up, wake us up. We've become cynical, hard-hearted, hopeless, deluded, given to idolatry, offense, church hurt. Wake me up when I've stopped believing in healing, in miracles. Stop sharing my faith because I don't even believe anymore. And she said, would you dare to believe again? Would you dare to come out of your COVID coma? Wake up out of your comfort. Wake up out of lethargy. 
And I think that encapsulated. And, you know, as she was saying those things, I felt a grieving in my own heart because it resonated as truth. I was like, yep, that's, that's me, 100%. I feel dry. I feel worn out. I feel like I don't even have the, the faith anymore. And I, and I think it was truth. And that's why I responded in my heart. It's truth. It's true. I need him so much. I need to wake up. I need to wake up. So I've got three things that I want to share with you today out of that word that I think we just need to, to break it open a little bit. And this is my first thought. That we've grown weary of well-doing. I, I, uh, Matt just shared it earlier today. He goes, it's been some time since I felt the Holy Spirit move like that. And I've got to say, it's been some time for me too. I, when I think back about when God was really moving, that was probably over 30 years ago when there was a significant move of the Holy Spirit in the church that I was at. That's a long time between drinks. That's a long time between drinks. And I don't think that we're meant to go too long because what happens slowly you're faithful and you do the right thing and you and you cry out your heart is is filled with a desire for more of God and you pray these prayers and you desire for miracles and you believe faithfully for things to happen and when things don't happen the way that you expect but you're, you're still faithful and you still do what you what you're supposed to do you still keep believing there comes a point where you start to shrivel up and dry up and die on the inside because it doesn't feel like God's moving the way that you planned, the way that you thought it was going to happen. Where are the miracles? Where's the move of God that we just cry and desire for? And you can grow weary of well-doing. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, a famous um, miracle worker, a healer. Um, it was a British guy back in the early 1900s. He prophesied that there would be a, an end-time move of God that would start in Australia and would sweep across the world. And the cynic in me would go, missed it. It didn't happen. It's not happening. It's not going to happen. And I think that we need to wake up out of that. We need to, to get something, something in us to return back to believing again. Because we've grown weary of well-doing. I don't think we're supposed, just like, you know, when you go on a journey through a desert, you at some point, if you don't have water, you're going to run, it. You're going to run out of steam. You'll perish. Just like us, walking through life, we, need, we can't get far without having a good drink. And I believe that we're on the edge of something. I really do. My second point is this. We've fallen asleep in comfort. We've fallen asleep in comfort, in our splendid isolation. And part of this is, as I'm looking at it, I see the condition of the Western church, but overlapping that, on top of that, is the, the more acute thing that's happened with COVID and this pandemic that's forced so many of us into isolation. And it's been good for keeping people from spreading the virus around, but it's been bad in other ways. And I think for us of the Western world, we have all of our material needs met. For the most part, we've got everything. I mean, the things that we're we complain about is usually like, oh, the air conditioning is not working properly. Or, you know, my, my blinking phone's run out of batteries again. Like, they're the things that we complain about. They're the things that upset us. 
We have all the material things that we need. And yet, in our splendid isolation, sitting at home, we've broken ourselves, unfortunately, from the community of believers. And instead of like pressing into God by reading the Word and, and praying and worship, it's been replaced with other things. It's been replaced with entertainment. But how many of you guys know, like, entertainment doesn't fill the same jar as the Spirit of God fills? You know, you can, you can be entertained till the cows come home. You can watch, oh my goodness, you could watch Netflix or whatever for years, probably, like, non-stop. And you still, there'll be still things that you've got to catch up on, still things you've got to watch and be entertained by. And you could, you could go down that road and think that that is going to supply that deep cry in your heart, but it doesn't supply it, does it? How many have been on a you know, TV binge and it's, you walk away feeling a little blah? Like it hasn't really done anything for you. And we've, we've kind of, I don't, I don't think it's been a deliberate thing. It's just like, oh, well, it's there and I'm enjoying it and I'm enjoying my time on my own. But over time, it separates us from the heart of God. It separates us from the Spirit of God. And we're not connecting anymore. We're not connecting with other believers. We don't spend as much time with other people in the church. We don't spend enough as much time before the Lord, praying and worshipping. I'm not saying I'm any different to you guys. I'm in the same boat as you all. But I think in isolation, when our faith, our spiritual growth is dependent on just us and our family cell, I don't think that's healthy. And I don't think that's enough. Because sooner or later, you begin to drift in your heart. You drift in your faith. And I think that we resort to rationalism. I think we begin to explain away situations and things that happen and we, our faith gets reduced to rationalism. And we, we set our expectations not on the supernatural power of God in our lives. We set our expectations in, well, how much money's in the bank? We set our expectations on, well, you know, I've got this many hours of the week that I have to work. We set our expectations on what, what the news media is telling us what's possible and what's not possible. We set our expectations on what the government tells you that you can and you can't do. Now, those things aren't necessarily bad. I'm not saying rationalism is bad. But when rationalism becomes the idol, we lose our connection with God. We lose our connection with the supernatural, ever-living God. The one who was the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's through it all. We need to return to that. Third thing. Our hearts have become hard because of hurt. Other people have hurt us. Perhaps people who should have known better. Often, unfortunately, it's other people in church. Leaders in church, perhaps. That cause wounds. And... The natural instinct when there's any, anything that's painful that happens, and I'm not saying this is bad, but our natural response is to withdraw from a painful stimulus. 
I'll withdraw, I'll take myself away, I'll, I'll pull back from that because that hurt, that hurt me. The problem again is when we isolate ourselves from the body of believers, we isolate ourselves from the church thinking that that's a safe place for me. We build walls of protection around about us. We build nice, strong fortifications, nice, strong boundaries around us so that we're not going to get hurt anymore. We don't realize inadvertently that we are hurting ourselves by isolating ourselves. And we don't do it consciously, like I said. It's not like, you know, the, the villain origin stories. Getting back to X-Men, you know, when the villain goes... You know, you hurt me, so I'm going to go away and I'm going to become a supervillain and I'm going to destroy the world. We don't consciously think like that. We just withdraw our hearts. We, we reserve our hearts for ourselves. And in doing so, we also separate ourselves from the very life flow that we need to survive. Is it, is it no surprise to us that anxiety is on the rise? like never before. Depression is on the rise like never before. I think it's a symptom of the way that we're living our lives. Materially, we're so blessed, but spiritually, we're drying up. So is this, is this the start of something? Is this the start of a move of God? I don't want to call it and say, this is it. But I don't want to be the guy who says it's nothing and then move on and miss what God is trying to do in our lives. I think we should respond. I think we should respond. I, um, I've got a bunch of more notes. I don't think I'm going to go through them all today. Uh, maybe for another time. But one thing I do want to highlight because I've been doing some thinking and some researching about well, what, what does a move of God even look like very briefly I would say I, I don't have an expectation that there it's like this is how it's going to be forever I, I see it like a season I see it like an, a window that opens and while the windows open we, we draw on what God has for us but one significant thing about every move of God Every single move of God. It all starts with a small group of people who have an acute awareness of their shortcomings. An acute awareness that they're broken. An acute awareness that they don't have any answers left. They don't have what it takes. And that is the genesis. That is the beginning point of every single move of the Holy Spirit. That awareness, that acute awareness of one's shortcomings, one's sinfulness, one's brokenness, leads people into repentance. What is repentance? Repentance is not beating yourself over the, over the back, not whipping yourself. It's not sort of calling out sin in other people. Repentance simply means to change direction, to do a 180. A 180 turn in the direction of your life. That's what repentance is. Changing direction. Changing direction. And I think that we need to change direction too. I think we need, I think that season of, of splendid isolation has come to an end. 
We don't need to stay in it any longer. The, the temptation is that's the new normal. No, it's not the new normal. God has better things ahead. And, and I think he's calling us, he's drawing us out. Come on, shake off those bedclothes. Shake off that isolation. Shake off that mentality and step into something new. Step into what God has for us. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I honestly feel that God leans in. You know, there's a proverb that said, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So what I'd invite us to do today, and I'm going to join you, is that we're going to humble ourselves. We're going to do something that we don't do very often in church world these days, and we're going to kneel before the Lord. I'm just going to invite the worship team to come up now. We're going to take a few minutes. We're not going to rush this, but I want us to respond to Him. I want us to respond to that thing that's happening on the inside of you. If you're feeling that, oh, something in the core of you that says, yes, this resonates with me. Yes, this is the truth. Yes, God is speaking to me and I need to do something about it. It's easy to go, yeah, that was really good on Sunday, wasn't it? That was awesome. God really moved and that was powerful. And then we... We get on with the busyness of our day and busyness of our week and it's easy to forget what just transpired or what God was wanting to do in our midst. And I feel like we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity because, you know, every move of God, you can't hype it up, you can't make it happen, but you can, you can quench that flame real easy. You can make it not happen real easy and I don't want us to be that church I want us to be the church that leans in lean in to what the Holy Spirit is doing lean into it let him do a good work in your heart even though it hurts even ah, even though it really challenges you I think we need to lean into that so I, I don't know how to orchestrate this, but I'm, I'm just going to invite you, as the band begins to play, I'm just going to invite you to come forward and kneel before the altar. And, and I want, I'm going to lead us in a prayer of repentance in a minute. But why don't we stand up? That's the first step. But just as the band begins to lead us, just come forward. Come forward now. And kneel before him. Just if, if I could ask you to come all the way to the front, just to make as much room as possible. This is not hype. This is not just something false. This is something I believe that's on the heart of God. That he wants us to respond. He wants us to respond to Him. This holy moment. If my people who are called by my name, are you called by His name, will humble themselves and pray 
seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and heal their land.